time to down your unders. Down your unders. The Frontline Gaming Network brings to you Art of War. Down Under. Review and dissection of content from some of the sharpest minds in the game. Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 10 of the Art of War Down Under podcast. I am joined wonderfully today by the one and only Mr. Ridvan Skari Martinez. How you doing, mate? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm really good, dude. So I contacted my, my good mate Skari, um, who I met at WTC. Is one of those connections you make when you're, you're lucky enough to go to those events. And um, I hit him up and said, hey, mate, do you want to come on do an episode? I know you're an Eldari, but mostly a Drakari expert. And I said, I said, Skari, I said, Ridsven, I said, baby, you want to mix this bad boy up? You want to spice up your life in true Spice Girls fashion? He's like, Adam, for you, anything, mate. And so we're here to talk about Yanari. You know, you squeezed my arm, you twisted <laughs> me in many different ways. Uh, the Drakari in me liked it. So I agreed. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit of... Oh, never mind. <laughs> Let's not go there. That's uh, that's the after hours part of the. Yeah, podcast. yeah, that's part two. Patrons get that get that side. Um, but let's just say if you tickle Sky the right way, he, he tends to be pretty accommodating. Now we're well, going to be hitting. Well, you know, that's that's the only fans. <laughs> so I we, we're going to be covering this in two directions. So I actually have the Yanari White Dwarf in front of me, and you have uh, Phoenix Rising, the Psychic Awakening, in front of you. Now there are some. Differences between these two releases, which um, Sky is going to be good enough to point out to us when and if we come to them. Um, yeah, some of them are very, very subtle. So if I, you know, if I did miss like a specific difference between the two, mm-hmm. just know that I have the 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 actual rules, and uh, Adam over here is just uh, flying by the seat of his pants. Well, oh. legitimately, uh, until we I hit you up to record this episode, I didn't know that anything changed between those two releases. I thought it was exactly the same rule set, and that they just re-released the same thing. So I didn't I think know it was, it was just like point. a couple of couple of stratagems got reworded and stuff like that. Uh, like it, was, it wasn't really any anything crazy. Well, let's just jump straight in, mate. So, but first and foremost. Um, for those of you who don't know Skari, why don't you? Secondly, secondly how dare you? <laughs> and thirdly, uh, where can they find you, mate? Where can they go to find out more about you in the Dark Kin? So you can always follow me on YouTube. That's just the YouTube channel. I do battle reports and videos and other stuff like that. And most people uh, support me on Patreon. So just like the Art of War Patreon supporters, I have, uh, I've been doing content creation for about a year and a half now full-time it is my job so if you'd like to hop on there's no like crazy paywall or anything it's just to show support for a fellow gamer that's doing this for a living and that's it absolutely wonderful stuff and uh sky has really been a pillar of the community especially through the dark times um Oh, that's because us uh, elves have builder. night vision you see we can <laughs> see through the mist yes or uh you're just a demon from the dark was it the, the dark portal, whatever it is? Wherever the wherever the what are the what are the dudes who shoot the the bell flames? Uh, mandrakes, whatever mandrakes are from, you know, or you're just hiding out there until you got a decent rule set, and you're like, ha, I'm back. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> over to Yunari. So the, when you first crack this open, I'm not sure what's first uh, in order for the Phoenix Arising, but if, when it first comes up for me, I've got the three data slates for the three Yanari characters, you know, Yuvrain, uh, the Vijak, and Yinkan. I'm going to quickly run over um, Yuvrain and um, get your thoughts on her. Um, I don't imagine we're going to be talking about these two very much, but the last one, the Yinkan, I think we're going to be touching on in some detail. 
Well, something something I'll just go over. Like, in the Psychic Awakening, you open it up, it has the Children of Inead page, basically mm-hmm. telling you how to build an Inari army, right? And that's, like, yep. the first thing. How it works with Craftworld, uh, Cabal, Witch Cult, and Mask Units. Some of the restrictions that you can that you need to follow when building an Inari army or including these three Inari characters into your force. But to sort of summarize it... Um, you cannot have any mandrakes, any yep. uh, coven units. Um, you cannot have a solitaire or a avatar of Cain mm-hmm. or uh, Drazar, the master of blades, yep. in a detachment that uh, or any Eldari named character, right? Other mm. than these three, um, yeah. in a in a detachment that includes um, uh, the 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 Inari characters. And in saying that, unlike previous editions of reiterations of Yunari, you do replace everything that you would get. Like if you are LA Talk or if you are Blackheart, you will not get any Blackheart bonuses anymore. That has been replaced by Strength from Death. Are you able to tell us a little bit about that and the Soul Burst mechanic? Well, they get they 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 change their keywords. So they all you can choose to either make the detachment Inari, in which case mm-hmm. every model in the detachment gains the Inari keyword, or you can choose to keep your Harlequin or Drukari or Azuriani keyword, right? And then be like, uh, and it basically you can add them into your list without losing any of the bonuses that you got from your your you know Cabal of Blackheart or mm-hmm. your Uthway or whatever it is you're doing, right? Um, the key here is if you decide to be Inari, then the Craftworld, Cabal, Witch Cult, and Mask keywords are changed, and they're replaced by Reborn mm-hmm. Azuriani, or in the case of Cabal and Witch Cult, Reborn Drukari, and Mask is Reborn Harlequin. So you get like that just substitutes out, basically making you Inari Reborn. Um, now, what's really cool is that then you can start mixing like Cabalite stuff and yeah. Witch Cult stuff, and the it's same the same keyword, mm. but they're the same detachment, but it also means that things like because any instance of the keywords has changed. So things like Archons, for example, now re-roll, all wound, uh, re-roll hit rolls for all reborn Drukari instead of just Cabal. So now you can use like Archons to get re-rolls for witches. And yep. there's like some cool like little interactions there that you only really sort of like notice when you start diving into it. Mm, because there is a little bit more meat on the bone than people would first assume when you get to Yunari. I mean, when I first cracked it open, I expected them to be getting... The, the the kind of uh, the bare minimum of stuff as in of the ilk of what a kind of assassin's god inquisitor's got they've got the just the bare minimum to make them to bring them up to speed with the rest but they've actually got some meat on the bone there's some legitimate things to talk about here and worth considering yeah there is um i feel like it's definitely an army and or a style of army that's not going to be the f- for the faint of heart you have mm. to really like use a lot of thinking during the game so it's not going to be as straightforward as some of the other lists that we're seeing out there and take like take that with like a grain of salt so be like if you want to be an inari player don't just expect to like all of a sudden magically being inari fixes all the problems that are that you have with like drukari or eldari or you know um and as for harlequins it's probably would be considered a bit of a of a downgrade because <laughs> Harlequins yeah. have some crazy good rules right now. Uh, amazing um, stuff. <laughs> however, you know, it's it definitely does open up some cool combos that mm. if you're willing to just think outside of the box a little bit, um, a, a savvy general like yourself will be able to sort of pull the juices out of it. 
Yeah, and there is some certain juices there. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to quickly read strength from death here. As soon as any unit is destroyed, all units from this army with this ability benefit from the soul burst actions uh, until the end of turn. Whilst the unit is benefiting from soul burst actions, it always fights first in the fight phase, even if it didn't charge. The model that is benefiting from soul burst actions made a charge move this turn, already or already has an ability that allows it to always fight first in the fight phase. Then, whilst it's benefiting from the soul burst actions, you also add one to hit rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by that model. If the enemy has units that have made a charge move this turn or that have abilities that allow them to always fight first in a fight phase and alternate choosing units to fight with starting with the player whose turn is taking place. So we know that fight first mechanics have gained a bit of power in this edition, haven't they? Yes, always fight first has definitely very, very strong. Yeah, and in addition to that, you're getting the, the plus one when you already have something that always fights first, um, which I'm not quite too sure how prevalent that is. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a, a, a huge swathe of units or an archetype that I can build around that would always have always strikes first, unless you're able to enlighten me. Nope, not really. You know, there's a yeah. couple of like relics and stuff, but you know, that doesn't, yeah, but that's all Azrael stuff that you can't really use. If mm. anything, um, if anything, you'd be looking at, um, you know, some sort of like i don't know a mechanic that might be worth later or something but yeah there's nothing right now no no that's that's my thoughts as well so you ready to jump into the the data sheets or do you actually have the data sheets i just wanted to say real quick um so in terms of like the point differences from eighth to ninth edition um like the vizark went up five points so he's pretty much the exact Mm -hmm. same the incarn went up 10 points which is actually one of the best sort of like point for point changes in mm. all of the Eldari like faction focus. And Ivrain went up five points. So the three characters didn't really change much yeah. in terms of how much they're worth, or like how much you have to pay for them to put them in your list. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I think, yeah, the Yinkan uh, actually seems quite exciting, quite enticing at the moment, especially that price point with what um, it's able to do. So, but hitting on your frame quickly, we've got movement five, web skill, the skill two plus, strength and toughness three, as you could uh, assume. Five wounds, which is nice. Uh, four attacks, leadership nine and six plus save. She comes with uh, her special sword, Sword of Sorrows, which is uh, strength plus one, AP minus two, a D3 damage. Um, she has a four plus involve. She has one to psyche test and deny tests made for this model. She has the Herald of You Need. Um, each time another Eldari model is slain within six inches of your rain, roll a D6 on a 4+, plus, she regains a one-loss wound. If that model is a Psyche, you can generate an additional Psyche power from your rain from the Revenant Discipline. And then Revered Figurehead, this model can embark into any Eldari transport, even if the transport in question might normally not permit models with other faction keywords to do so. So that is uh, like the same as the Inquisitor. Uh, because of being yeah. able to go into any transport for any Imperium faction. Yeah, it's cool. Any Wave Serpent, any Venom, any you yeah. know, yeah. any Sky uh, Star Weaver. Uh, yeah, and so Star that Weaver. that doesn't doesn't say anything about that transport being Inari. So that could you could be in a souped or mixed attachment and um, chop and change as you please. That's pretty nice too. Yep, definitely. Um, she can manifest two psychic powers in each friendly psychic phase and attempt to deny one psychic power in each enemy psychic phase. She knows smite and two powers from the Revenant Discipline. Um, she's She seems reasonable, yeah, but she doesn't seem to be game-breaking, does she? She's not game-breaking. You know, she does have some use, like even in like uh, Drukari forces. I have added her before mm-hmm. just to get like that deny, you know, in yeah. like a position where, you know, I could get a deny and get some like mortal wound output. For yep. like a you know in in some instances, she does shine when there's a lot of like you know Eldari models around her where she, you know anything dies if she's taking mm. wounds she can like heal from them or get in stuck into combat and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, she's the toughest three model with a four up save. So yeah. and, and, you know she's wins. yeah like any Eldari, she's relatively fragile. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, I, I quite like her. If, you, if you're not taking, I think you've hit the nail on the head, especially what her best use is. If you're not taking something that has a, a heavy density of psychic powers or psychic defense, I think she brings a lot to the table. Especially seeing as uh, once we get to the Revenant discipline, we'll be noticing there are some decent powers there. Some, there's some legit some le- legit power there. Um, do yeah, you want to read out the powers? Viz- and they also have great synergy with some of the other stuff in the Eldari mm-hmm. race. Do you want to read out the Vizark for us? Absolutely. The Vizark is power level four. Oh, wait, I don't think we... Uh, <laughs> do we Do we really care about that? No? Okay, moving no. on. Um, <laughs> Eight-inch movement, weapon skill, build skill two, strength and toughness three, with five wounds, of course. Five attacks, six, uh, leadership nine, and a save of a three plus. Has a super sword and a force shield. So the force shield gives him a four plus invulnerable save, but his super mm-hmm. sword is plus two strength, so he's strength five, uh, minus three AP, and uh, D3 damage. But if any models in the unit are destroyed as a result of an attack made with this weapon, you subtract one from the leadership characteristic of that unit until the end of the turn. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, considering that now it's more about like trying to force people to just fail tests to cause yeah. attrition, you know, that yeah, could be handy. He does have strength and death as a rule, he's a champion of Inead. So when another Eldari model is slain, basically, same thing. He can soak up their souls on a four plus he can regain a lost wound. But yep. if that model that died was a character, you add one to this model's attacks characteristics as well. Yep, nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. I think, uh, you know, he's like, I use Drazar. He's like a budget mm. Drazar, right? Budget, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, the Way of the Blade, he rerolls hit rolls of ones made with me weapons by friendly Inari models. So reroll ones to hit, but he also works on Incubi, which is awesome. It's one of the only things cool. that can give Incubi rerolls. And a Warden of Ivrain. So when Ivrain within three would lose any wounds, uh, this model can attempt to intercept. So on a two plus, uh, she doesn't take any wounds and he takes mortal wounds mm. basically for each one. So he's like a bodyguard to her. And uh, he can also go into any Eldari transport, regardless of the nice. restrictions. Yep. So um, I, really, I feel like you only take, your only time is in consideration is when you have a relevant thing to give real ones to that you wouldn't be other, other, otherwise, e.g., like I said, Incubi, or if you're taking your reign and you know you're in a heavy sniper meta or she's not going to live past a turn or two. Well, to be honest, he's an 80-point killy character. Like, he's not really that expensive for what you get. What's sad is that a lot of the times, you know, there's other things that do more than him for about the same cost. However, when comboing him with Incubi, with mm-hmm. Drazar in a separate detachment, I've had some crazy success running like little awesome. units of Incubi with him to give reroll ones, and then Drazar in a different detachment giving the Incubi reroll a plus one to wound, mm-hmm. which gets really awesome. And funnily enough, he does have a leadership mechanic, a debuffing mechanic. And Drakari and Eldar in general, especially Harlequins as well, do have quite a few of those that they can stack up over the game to or over a turn to make your leadership pretty heinously negated. So there could be something to that if it was a little niche play. I mean, I think of things like um, Grey Knight Paladins. I think of things like uh, big blocks of um, Alaris Terminators. If just making one of those guys run is a huge bonus. Absolutely, and there's some really cool combos that comes to leadership, um, you know. And we'll we'll kind of save those for episode two, I think. I think so. I so because so, we're, yeah. we're, we're jumping over to the incar now. So uh, movement eight, weapon skill, skill two plus, strength and toughness six, uh, nine wounds, six attacks, leadership nine and three plus save. Uh, the sword of souls 
is the, the special sword. Uh, strength user, um, AP minus four, D6 damage. You can reroll the wound roll for this weapon. Saucy as hell. Very good weapon. Saucy. Amazing. I weapon. love it. I've, yeah. I've, I've flipped over Bane Blades using this weapon. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, four plus invuln. Nice. Strength from death. So I should probably don't need to mention that. Inevitable death. When you've set up the Yinkan, it can be set up in waiting rather than on the battlefield. If it is, then each time a unit, friend or foe, is completely destroyed, you can choose to set up the Yinkan as close as possible to the position of that unit more than one inch from all enemy models. Yinkan, Yinkan may not charge in the turn it was set up in this manner. Summoned by death. Cannot charge, however, can now. Can now. We intervene. intervene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, baby. And it's uh, clearly stated. Each time a unit is destroyed, you can immediately remove the Incarn from the battlefield and set it up again as close as possible to the position of that unit more than one inch away from all enemy models. The Incarn may not charge this turn. It is set up. But as we said, heroic intervention. Uh, You need Sturs. Um, Or is it Iniad? Iniad, you need? Yeah. Uh, friendly Yanari units automatically pass morale test while within six of this model. In addition, when a friendly Yanari unit uh, within six of the mo- of Yinkan uh, loses a wound on a th- roll a six on a d six on a six, that wound is not lost. And the last one is Avatar of Iniad. Each time another Eldari model is slain within six, you can roll a dice on a four plus. Yinkan regains one lost wound. Is also a psyker and has two psychic powers and can a- attempt to deny one. It's a very, very and well-rounded one. unit. Deny isn't one it? and cast one. Super well-rounded unit. Um, the amount of mileage I've gotten out of the Incarn um, is incredible, and mm. it, it rewards a savvy player. Like, yeah, she's very fragile for like a monster that will go around killing stuff, being Eldar. But mm-hmm. in the hands of a good savvy a, a player, she's everywhere and she's nowhere. It's crazy. The, the this has this this single model. I think in in the entire game of forty k, this is the model with the highest skill ceiling of any model of anything. the The amount of work and the amount of jank and psychological impact you can have on your opponent's play with this model, if you used correctly, is beyond beyond anything else. Um, I love it. I actually just love how it works. I love how it feels. Um, do you play it much? Not much. I have played it. I've taken it to tournaments, RTTs. You know, I've uh, you know, I've sort of developed some really cool um, like concepts and and practice with it. And I also have a couple of friends and teammates for WTC that have used it as well. And there's some like crazy cool combos you can do with it. Uh, pairs really well in the current meta, especially with the way mm. that like the game is playing right now. There, there's just a lot of uh, there's a lot of play out of this model. And yes, it's you know 300 points or 290 points or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I've had to go down to one wound, back up to nine wounds, go down to yeah. one wound, back up to nine wounds, and just like bounce around the whole table, just mm. like making my opponents pull their hair out of their head because they're just <sighs> trying to figure out how to deal with her. Mm, it's really, it's a really interesting. There seems to be two school of thoughts, especially amongst. Um, well, I think I think it's two schools for uh, thoughts in in both camps. The people who play uh, play as Eldari, people who don't, people who tend to play Eldari armies either swear by the Incarn, as in like this is the best model in the range. You'll never get any better. Um, and others just seem to be like, oh, I hate it. I used it three times. It didn't do anything either of those times, and it's, it's I've never used it again. And then on the inverse of that, there's people who've been so so thoroughly bad touched by this model <laughs> that they're they're almost Pavlov dogged or PTSD into being like, oh no, the Incarn, oh, I'm, I'm so screwed. Uh, it's gonna do all this. It's gonna do all this crazy stuff. I'm not even gonna see it coming. And then mm-hmm. there's people who've been like, oh yeah, whatever. She killed some scouts, and I shot her dead. Um, you know. I feel really like uh, I feel like we've all met uh, we've all met people like that. I I've been bad touched by this model. 
Um, I have been bad touched by this story <laughs> as well. To a, to a oh, point where I was like, oh my goodness, what have I done? Basically. Yes. Like that. Yes. It was, it was, it was, it was, in, it was an incredible yet saddening moment. Well, I, I stupidly let five dragoons, five Admac dragoons be charged by the Incarn. Oh, if you were talking no. about a unit that is like the perfect thing for the Incarn to absolutely mulligan through, yeah, <laughs> it was bad. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel like of the three, Incarn's the one with the, of the most play. I don't think we needed to, to really state that. I, I think it's a phenomenal model in the right hands. And yeah, if you can make it work, I kudos to you put in the reps, get good with it, and you'll always have an edge pretty much in every game, yeah? In every game, yeah. It's mm. If you're like a chess player, you know, that likes having, like, or a poker player that likes having an ace up their sleeve, you know, the Incarn, there's no, don't look anywhere else, especially if you're an Eldar yeah. player. Yeah. Mm. All right. We're up to the stratagems. Would you like to touch on the first one? I, I, actually, maybe not the first one. The first one is just literally buy yourself another... Yeah, buy yourself another couple of relics. So we might as well dodge that one. Well, um, in 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 my book, it isn't the first one. Oh well, what is your first one? <laughs> Jeez. So um, it's a taste for death. It's a one command point stratagem. Use it in the shooting yep. or charge phase when an enemy unit is destroyed as a result of an attack made by a ranged weapon within an yep. from an Inari model until the end of the turn when resolving an attack made with a melee weapon by a model in that unit. Add one to hit. So hmm. this one is uh, sort of not really as useful or useful at all in eighth because if mm -hmm. they've killed something in the shooting phase, then they get plus one to hit in combat anyway because of if they charge, basically. Unless they, you know, the only situation this would work is say they had, um, they were in combat and they kill the unit with pistols or something, then get plus one hit mm. if they're in combat. Uh, but if they like kill something out of combat and then charge in, then they charge, so they get plus one hit anyway. So it's like it's a very situational strategy. Yeah. Well, uh, the one that comes to mind would be Shining Spears, yeah? There's a unit that can legitimately shoot something dead, then charge something dead, you know? Yeah, yeah but they, if you kill something, you already get a strength from death anyway. So if you kill something and charge, you're already getting plus one hit. But I thought that you only get the plus one to hit if you already fight first. No, if you charge, uh, or, or if yeah. you already fight first. So in that yeah. situation, it's it's just it's very. So legit, yeah. the only time would be if you're charging some beast of Nurgle who have miasma and you want the extra plus one. Right. You know, yeah. You definitely need to. You know. You really need to kill something that has the plus one. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so I will do the one first one in my book, my publication by G Dub, just because they decided that Adam's podcast down at Ottawa Down Under should be incoherent today. Um, two CP Whispering Spirits. Uh, use a stratagem when an enemy unit takes a morale test with that is in one of any Yanari units from your army, but before the test is taken, subtract two from the enemy leadership characteristic until the end of the phase. I wish that was one CP. Because at two CP, I don't think it's you're ever gonna. You, you got so many better things to do with with two CP, yeah. Yeah. So two CP, very very expensive for something. You know, as we'll mm. discuss, there are lots of different ways to give uh, leadership debuffs. You know, using uh, Inari, Drakari, like Craftles, that sort of stuff. Um, and there's some cool shenanigans you can do. So in, I feel like in very like very certain situations, I might use it, but it would be like. Very, very situational. 
Like, yeah, I agree. Super, super situational. And, you know, if it, only if I had like Incubi nearby and, you know, you had like a very expensive unit where each model was like 70 points or something. Yeah. And I yeah. just needed you to fail to like fail in morale test and then make other people run, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly so. right. Well, really what you'd be doing is you'd be paying 2 CP in a really clutch situation to force your opponent to pay their 2 CP to auto pass. And then that would be a really a weighing up moment um, as if you think they're too like let's say they're playing admech their cp is pretty is better than you what they can do with their cp is better than what you can do with your cp if you're playing yunari so maybe you just want to force theirs out and you can see some play there but yeah you want to you want to grab the next one absolutely so the next one the next one i have is called Inead's net so it's a two cp stratagem use the stratagem at the start of your charge phase select an inari biker unit from your army that uh that um advanced and it can charge basically mm, so yeah. you can pick so, a biker in our unit to charge this adds another little feather to your cap because technically you could say quicken uh one unit of blacks and then use this on another one and have to force two units of blacks into your opponent's face turn one that could be pretty nice uh, and i guess the, that just added, adding another ace up the sleeve because you know the bikes are automatically advancing six on all their pretty much every bike we've got yeah yeah. So, well, Reva Jet Bikes Auto Advance eight. So, with this stratagem, you can essentially do the twenty-six inch advance and mm. charge. You know, with a unit of Reva Jet Bikes, which is normally what um, yeah. the the, the uh, Red Grief Witch cults can do. Mm. Well, that's not terrible. Um, next one, United in Death, one CP. Use this stratagem at the end. Stuff. Sorry, at the it's start two, of the fight it, is, it was updated to two CPs now. There you go. All right, so two CP. Uh, use stratagem at the start of your fight phase. Select one reborn Azarani, one reborn Harlequin, and one reborn Drakari unit from your army. At the end of the phase, add one to the attack characteristic for each of these units whilst they were benefiting from Soul Burst. So if you're benefiting from Soul Burst and you have, um, oh, sorry, it's any of these, you just get plus one attack. Sorry, yeah, two CP plus one attack on a unit. That's, that doesn't seem terrible. Yeah, well, you need uh, you need uh, one of each. Select, Select one, 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 and one. one. Oh, so you can only unit if you have one of each. Yes, yes. That's, that's terrible. Yes. <laughs> you need all three detachments, basically. So it, if you were running a very fun, you know, like in Ari army with like a bunch of different stuff like mm. this is very powerful in that situation where you have like you know what i'm gonna do plus one attack on all these reefer jet bikes plus one attack on all these you know shining spears and plus one attack on all these you know yeah. sky weavers yeah. right then you know for two cp giving three big units a bunch of attacks like that's oh, kind of cool yeah, absolutely but, you know but it's it's definitely a situation <laughs> well so i i would much rather this one have been one cp for any one of these units two cp for all three of these units and that would have been cool so you mm. would have had some play because right now i just look at that and i might as well just delete it from my mind because i don't think i'm ever going to see it again <laughs> so um do you want to hit the next one Absolutely. So we have two CP for inevitable fate. Use the stratagem at the start of the fight phase. Select one enemy unit. Until the end of that phase, when resolving an attack made with a melee weapon by an Inari unit from your army against that unit, you can re-roll the wound roll. And this strat is one of my favorites. That's superb. It's just bang, reroll wounds. This is freaking fantastic. This is just a two CP doom, basically, is what. Well, yes. Yeah. 
And so the, the biggest downside of Yunari and com- sorry of Eldar in general in combat is the strength characteristic. Plenty of rend, damage is good. Strength has always been the the, the thing that lets them down. Rerolling to wound is the the best and most elegant way of getting around that. Yeah, one hundred percent. And because you're playing with Inari, that all of a sudden it has it it has a huge impact on not just like what you're playing, but you know like this affects so many different units that, that mm. you can use from the entire Eldari range. It's also sort of like picks an enemy unit and then everything gets to reroll against it. It's just so powerful in the right situation. Yeah, that really, it's, it's, yeah, because you're putting it on an enemy unit, it's not once you can get so much mileage. You, well, because the best thing you're going to do is that you, the supporting characters that go in that you think are just going to pinch hit um, after your meaty unit goes in to finish off the last couple of dies, become really relevant damage order all of a sudden. Well, you know that little uh, combo of like the the uh, Vizark, Incubi, and Drazar. This stratagem yeah, makes that that little combo go bonkers mad because yeah. anything like a the Incubi will like kill a knight, will kill anything that they come into contact with because mm. you can just pick up anything that's not a decapitating strike and re-roll it, which yes. is really, really good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because it's not re-roll failed wounds, it's re-roll the wound roll. That uh, is correct. That, is, that makes all the difference in the world, doesn't it? Because you just fish the sixes. That's really yeah. powerful. Very, very powerful. All right, next one. Um, Acolyte of uh, Iniad, 1CP. Use this strategy before a Yunari Psyker from your army attempts to manifest a psychic power from the Revenant Discipline. Add three to the psychic test if any enemy units were destroyed this phase. Um, it's a bit... It's a bit hard to get off. You have to kill something in the psychic phase, but then your next power is essentially autocast, yeah? Yeah, so say you like, you know, you're in the middle of the game, it's that like key turn, you know, you've been doing casualties, there's like this little this little scout or something, and you're like, I'm gonna smite this scout. And you're like, kill the scout, and then you go, you know what? Now I can do my shield shield of Inead with plus one or something. You know, so it's it'll come up every once in a while. And when it does, just make sure you like benefit you 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 maximize on it but it's not something that you would like plan your list around yeah very true um next one reborn together like you and me together yeah i feel Uh, like we could do a song you know i do i do vocals you do the guitar yeah i i have played guitar like three times (laughs) in my life (laughs) done and done so you start the strategy with this use the strategy at the start of the morale phase until the end of the phase add two to the leadership characteristic of Inari units from your army, whilst they're within six inches of any other friendly Inari units. So it's like the buddy system. Yeah. And it's, this is uh, a... it's one CP for your whole army, basically, if, as long as they're like buddy-buddy with uh, another Inari unit. And eh, I don't see myself ever really using this, especially since I run a lot of MSU. But um, mm. if you really, really, really want to stop you know, someone from like killing models in morale then sure yeah i agree but um like look the terms and conditions for this are about as good as you're going to get for any morale really morale um buffing power legitimately um as far as these things go like the only thing better than this is the two cp auto pass so i think it's good well you you might use it once a game you might use it once every two games when you need it it's there and it it does it does a pretty good job because all your stuff literally is there anything that's less than leadership seven like there's nothing less than leadership seven is there maybe the razor wing flocks and uh, stuff like that well razor wing um, flocks leadership four but you know (laughs) a little bit bit less than seven 
I guess the beast. I guess the beast. The beast monster. Like if the beast monster was there or whatever, then yeah, um, they can use leadership. Yeah, you know, then they can use his leadership. So that's not like that's not a bad idea. But mm. um, it'd be more like if you had like I don't know units of bikes or something that were relatively expensive, or you had like a single, a couple of single model, single models that were just sitting there, and they were, you know. Uh, they, you didn't want them to run because they're on objectives or something, you know. It, yeah. could, it could come in clutch, yes. And the fact that it Absolutely. sort of is affect it, the entire army benefits from it as long as they're close together mm. and stuff. That's pretty good as well. All right, next one, two CP Shrine of the Whispering God. It's a sweet name. Um, use this strategy before the battle. Select up to three units of Unari Incubi from your army. So this is literally the Scary stratagem. Um, each of these units gain the strength from death ability. <laughs> Even the Incubi units cannot normally have this ability. Um, yeah. So you just you just get to make three units of Unari um, Incubi before the start of the game, if you've got three units. Yeah, it's one CP, so it's not bad. Is it one, one CP now? It's two CP in this one. Oh, yeah, it's one go. CP now. So, so yeah, you know, three three in Ari Incubi to get, like, always strike first if things have been dying. You know, once they get stuck in, they get really dangerous. Or yeah. um, or if, uh, you know, you charge in on that turn, you make sure you kill something, they get plus one to hit. So it sort of, you know... Um, means that on that first couple of turns you don't have to worry about like strength from death or whatever um yeah. uh yeah oh sorry yeah so power from pain sorry which is a rule mm. that they do have yeah no i like it you want to grab the next one absolutely artifacts of death uh so one cp buy an additional relic now there's no cap on Yay. this so you can just buy as many relics as you want for one cp Really? That is mm-hmm. different from this one. This one is the one slash three in here. So they, they thought about that a bit and gave you a bit more power. I like that. Yep. Yeah, it's just you just kind of pick and choose. You get a free one, of course, if your warlord is an Ari. And mm-hmm. uh, other than that, you can buy additional relics if you want to. No, nice. I like it a lot. Um the next one for me is Webway Ambush, but you know we can pretty much dodge it. We it's Webway it Ambush here. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. Yep. You can mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. chuck some stuff in reserve uh, if if you feel it. So I'll grab the next one, which is uh, Exalted of Vineyard. One CP. Use a strategy before the battle. Select one Unari character from your army that is not your warlord and is not a named character, and you get a warlord trade for him. Yeah, that's actually really good. I love any yeah. any sort of dynamics like this. They're really good. Yep. Um, I do like that they gave them the trifecta of the the good stratagems that everybody gets. Um, you know, extra CP, put him in deep strike, extra artifact. There are some factions that have not got that um, in their little white dwarf releases and such. So I, I am a fan that they got it. Dark um, Delta, I don't get this. Wait. I was about to say. Well, well, we say, do have it. You... Like we we do have the Alliance of Agony, but you kind of have to run like different. You know, yeah. Stuff. So there's like it's restrictive. <laughs> mm, it is. Back from the brink, two CP. Use a stratagem in any phase when an Inari infantry character in an re biker character model from your army is destroyed on a four plus return the model to play with d3 wounds remaining um I love clo- it. as close as possible cannot be used on the same model more than once so it's basically a two cp four plus comeback from the dead so mm-hmm. pretty snazzy the only only thing is i wish you could use it on the incarn but it would be broke it would be so good if you could <laughs> i also um you know remember now with the restriction to you know what you can use your CP rerolls on. Don't forget yeah. that you know it's one of those things that can't be CP rerolled anymore. Mm, I'm all too aware. I was looking at Tyrannus Knights a little bit a while ago because I'm looking for my next. What silly army am I going to play to underdog? 
what, what silly underdog faction am I going to play this edition? And I'm like, maybe I'll play Knights. And then I was like, oh, but you, Tyrannish, you can't roll it. Never mind. Yep. Tangents. Next yep. one. 1 CP, the great enemy. Use this stratagem when a Yanara unit from your army is chosen to fight in the fight phase until the end of, the, the, until the end of that phase. Reroll failed wound rolls for attacks made by models uh, target selection units. Actually more relevant than you think. Because yep. Keepers of Secrets are freaking terrifying. And they're everywhere. Uh, everywhere. The Drukari have pretty much the same stratagem as well. So mm-hmm. it is one that I've I've come I've become accustomed to using. Yeah, and when you, you need it, you're gonna want you're gonna be happy you had it. Yeah. Because <laughs> now you can get you got you got two rerolls to wound here. You can put rerolls to wound on their uh, Lord of Change with uh, inevitable fate and you use the great enemy for the rerolls against their keepers. Yeah. So it, it works really well. Except this just you pick one unit. Yeah no yeah, yeah. You're the inverse too. Um next one is Fire and Fade, yeah. Yep, fire and fade, one CP. Use stratagem in the shooting phase. Basically, uh, after the Inara unit shoots, that unit can move seven inches if, as if it was your movement phase. Can't advance. Not... And it cannot charge. Kind of, yeah. yeah. This yeah. is a game-winning stratagem, and it is one Absolutely. that every Eldari player will have close to their heart. Everyone knows it. Everyone hates it, except for you guys. We love it. <laughs> we love it. We will use it. We will abuse it. We will rub it in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next one, 2CP, Deadly Misdirection. Use this stratagem when a Yanara unit from your army falls back. That unit can still shoot and charge down. The same as the one from the Craftword book. Did Drakari have this one as well? They do indeed. Yeah. So not much to see there. Just lets you fall back and still take some actions. What I do really like on this, though, is because now that Fly doesn't let you shoot, um, things like Shining Spears, things like Har- well, Harlequin Bikes, don't even care. they got the flip belts and stuff. But things like um, Reaver Jet Bikes, um, yeah. Uh, shining spears, things of that ilk can still yeah, get a lot of work tanks, done. Yeah, all your tanks. You know, if you're running, you know, if you're running yeah. a, a ravager, or you're running a, a reaper, or you're running something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, definitely. All right, uh, next one. So, souls of the strongest, one CP. Use the stratagem in any phase when your opponent's warlord is destroyed. Until the end of the battle, units from your army with strength from death draw strength from death, even if a unit has not been destroyed in a turn. So basically, as soon as you kill the enemy warlord, everyone has always strike first all the yeah. time. Plus one, char- yeah, plus one to char- <laughs> uh, hit when they charge. Um, yeah. Now, people, are, so this is where this gets a little bit more interesting is that people aren't valuing their warlords like they used to. There isn't an ITC secondary that gives you five points for smashing down, four points for smashing down a warlord. There isn't really any massive gain from the secondary that they have there that lets you kill warlords just because it's it's a little bit uh doesn't really pay out on the other end as much as a lot of other secondaries so there's not a lot there isn't there is no you know kings like so warlord linebreaker uh first blood either so there is less and less incentives for your opponent to hide their warlords uh and sniping has never been easier technically so this could be better than we think it is yeah yeah, this uh, especially if it happens early in the game or mid game. Mm. All of a sudden, yeah. when things start getting nit- like nitty gritty towards the end of the game, and you're starting to vie for position, you know, you start to have to worry about well, if I charge two units in, then I get to fight with one, and then you literally get to fight f- first with like any other unit that you have on the table that's yeah. engaged. So it like it can get really dangerous really quickly if you're mm. not careful. Agreed. Now the last one here is lightning fast reactions. I think everyone knows what that bad boy is. Indeed, minus, reactive minus one to hit. Yeah, not, not much more to say. Minus one for two CP. Yep, it's fantastic. Fantastabulous. Okay, so this brings us to the lovely time in our um, show where we take an ad break. We're going to hear from some phenomenal supporters of the Frontline Gaming Network. 
Absolutely. The people who do their best to keep the lights on for us. I know um, Scary is a regular on Chapter Tactics, which you should all tune into and give a lot of love to. Pablo has put in a lot and a lot of hours into making that the amazing program it is for so, so long. I've been listening to that since episode one. It's, it's hard to believe. That, that it's been that long? Yes. It's been that long, yeah. yeah. And if you're going this strong for this long, phenomenal efforts by Pablo. But yeah, we're going to take an ad break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts. But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. And we're back. Uh, hopefully those were some interesting ads this time around. I don't know what, I really don't know what they are. Do I don't you listen to like listening to mystery podcasts? Oh, yes, I do, Scary. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, <laughs> if you like the random <laughs> shit that we like talking about, whoops, language, language. Well, language warning, trigger warning. <laughs> no, um, we're up to the warlord traits. You are. They, they, have, they have six warlord traits. Oh, Who my thought? goodness. Who would have thought they'd be so nice to Yunari after being so mean to them for so many years? <laughs> um, <laughs> they were mean to them for like six months, really. And now they've decided they will, we, we don't want these guys to be literally the best faction that we've ever created. So, yeah, they turned them back a little Trace bit. Trace my rings! Wait, wait. Wrong yeah, oh, wait, what? what? Yeah, no, no. That's fine. That's <laughs> How the do they episode. get in here? <laughs> yeah. All right. So the first one of these, uh, Lord of Rebirth. Uh, this warlord regains one lost wound at the start of each battle round. In addition, each time this warlord would lose a wound, uh, roll a, f- a d6 on a five plus wound is not lost. So plus one wound and um, well, five regains, plus regains a wound every battle round, and then oh, a yeah, five plus feel no pain. Yeah, yeah. So pretty. If you so, want to like, if you want a beefy, you know, character, cool, awesome, right? Yeah, that's not uh, bad, especially uh, if uh, you know, considering there are some really cool characters. Uh, mm-hmm. Um. Uh, um, Wraith Sears, <laughs> which can can get pretty fun. So yeah, and on the top of that, when you couple that with the fact that you can bring those guys back on a four plus back to life, uh, um, well, they're not uh, bikers or infantry. So no, oh, but uh, never mind. I was I was, talk, I was I was speaking more general. I was speaking more generally. But yeah, you know, technically they did like you know believe in Inuit, so they have been reborn. So you know, technically they have you know they're alive still. 
right, take it to the next one. The Warden of Souls. Uh, number two, whilst this world is drawing strength from death, add one to their attacks and strength. Now, this is the one that Yinkan comes with if you have the Yinkan as your warlord. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's actually pretty good on him because the strength six is a limiting factor on um, the Yinkan. Going to strength seven makes a huge difference when you go into things like impulses or things of that ilk. Yeah, you know, and even if you want like another character to be your warlord, like it, it's usually worth, it could be worth the one CP just to give the, the Yinkan this, right? So, Honestly. That, you know, because that plus one attack, that plus one strength, Makes uh, strength seven with reroll wounds, mm, which uh, does yeah. make a big deal against like armor, for example. Huge and deal. Plus one attack when strength and death, you know, seven attacks from from her. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. amazing! What's really cool about her on the charge is because she hits on twos. Let's say your opponent still is minus one. You're charging, still hitting on twos at strength seven with seven attacks, rerolling to wound. Yep, In- insanely good, insanely yep. potent. And I think if you are taking the incarn, you're trying to you got to squeeze as much as you can out of it. So you might as well, That's from right. my opinion. 100%. Um, next one, Walker of Many Paths. You can reroll one hit roll or wound roll. So one hit roll or one wound roll made for this ward each turn. In addition, if your army is battleforged, whilst this ward is on the battlefield, roll one D6 each time you spend a command point to use a stratagem on a 5 plus CP, it's immediately refunded. So it's a generic get back CP plus plus a little plus a re-roll. tickle at the end. Yep. But yeah, but it's it's one hit and wound each turn, which is quite a bit better than a lot of other ones. But see, ones, the other ones are like... You get one reroll per game, but you can use it on saves, you can use it on damage, you can use it on whatever you want. So this is more, you get more of it, but it's more limited. Yeah, it's more limited. It's more like offensive, really. Hits and wounds, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a, it's a more offensive-based one, but it does happen in your turn and your opponent's turn. So, you know, yeah. that's pretty good, especially if you got like a little fusion pistol or some sort, also- some sort of anti-tank weapon or whatever. Yeah. Like if you could chuck an Archon on a bike. Um, oh you know, man, don't a- even get me started. Archons on bikes. <laughs> Where, come on, GW. Okay. Next one. Fear of the grave. Okay. Subtract. Uh, one that was like, dude, that was such a fish in a barrel moment. I love it. Of models. Um, <laughs> continue, continue. Of models and enemy units. <laughs> Whilst their unit is within six inches of this warlord, subtract two from the leadership if any enemy units have been destroyed as a result of an attack made by this warlord this turn. So it's like a mm-hmm. six inch minus one leadership. Aura buff that if that yep. warlord has killed someone is minus two. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. that's that is the incarn one. Just so you know, um, warden. Oh, sorry. Apologies. I was reading. If, incarn is your warlord must be given the warden of souls. Yes. No. No. Incarn is the fear of the great. They changed it to uh, in oh, this book. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> boo. That's way worse. Yeah. That's not. That's not good. That's not good at all. But the warden of souls is the is it right? So she does okay. become like a little killier when stuff dies. Basically, I'm not a fan of trying to make non-killy things killy. Yeah, yeah she's 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 she'll kill some scouts. You know, maybe. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, five favorite of Iniad. Each time this wall piles in or consolidates, they can move uh, up to six instead of three. Yeah, to be honest, that is more powerful than some people think. Like in situations, yeah. it can be very good. However, there's no way to sort of like give your characters like objective secured or things like that, mm. where combined with this, it would be like really, really strong. Yeah, agreed. Um, you want to Master the last one? of Death, which is the one the Vizark gets. When resolving an attack made with a melee weapon by this warlord, an unmodified hit roll of a six scores one additional hit, which is pretty much like the. Uh, Onslaught from the Incubi. It's not terrible. 
Yeah, it's it's not the worst. So of of these six, which is the standout for you? Like, if you had the choice of the, any taking any of these, which one would you? Which would be your go-to? So my favorite is is the CP Regen. Basically, yep. I think CP Regen. If you can fit it into any list, especially if you're playing competitively, a CP Regen mm. will pay dividends. Now yeah. with this one. You know, you get a CP on a five plus for each one of your command points you spend, so your opponent has nothing to do with it. Which means, mm-hmm. you know, if you are using some of these two CP strats, the chances are you'll end up spending one on that on that strat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and some of them you're going to be using in your opponent's turn, like like um, lightning fast reactions, for example. Which then means mm-hmm. that if you didn't get it in your turn, there's still a chance to get it in your opponent's turn. So at least you can maximize it on a battle round instead of uh, yeah. instead of like you know like failing or having your opponent not using any strats and you not rolling any sixes, you know, sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think that one is the easy it's the easy fallback unless you've got a really specialized character you're crafting. In which case, you know, Lord of uh, Rebirth or Warden of Souls might come might come better but I, as far as the other ones like uh fear of the grave the leadership debuff i'm not really seeing a, a huge place for that the consolidating pile in six is pretty cute it'd be so much cuter on a, a bike character but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. it would legitimately yes, be good on a bike would. character <laughs> yes yes it would you know uh, on a tangent you know because you've totally pushed me over the edge here. I, I've, I've, on a I've tangent, the dragon anybody who remembers the old archon on a jet bike just saying he was just as terrifying as an effing demon prince mm-hmm. he could walk in and wipe out entire units by himself for like a hundred points that's how many points he was it was yep. okay end of rant let's move on to the revenant discipline no, yeah, psychic yeah, powers yeah. I really see. I really like this discipline, by the way. I think this doesn't get anywhere near as much respect as it deserves. Now, the first one is Gaze of uh, Inead, uh, warp charge value of six. If manifested, select one enemy unit that is within eighteen inches and visible to the psyker. On a roll of d6, on a one, that unit suffers one mortal wound. On a two to five, suffers d3. On a six, it suffers d6 mortal wounds. So it's a nice little um, tack on. You know, you, you hit a smite and then you hit Gaze of Inead or vice versa. I, I feel think like it's a good little pinch the, the key here is it's a targetable smite. Yes, right. and so, it's 18 as well, so it's, it's pretty nice. So targetable smites are always fantastic. Like, the yeah, mm. there's a 1 in 6 chance that you'll roll d6 mortal wounds, which is dangerous to, like, any character. But, yeah, on the off chance, yep. you know, and, and if it goes off and it goes off on a 6, you're doing at least one mortal wound. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. unless the power doesn't go off, that's the only time it does 0. But if it goes off, it does 1, it does d3 or 6. Right, yep. so you're doing yep. some damage to something that's hidden behind a screen, right? Um, mm. And I think that's very, very important to to note, especially if you're combining it with other stuff, which we'll be going through in like some of the uh, army list building stuff. You know, snipers mm. are another way to kind of target characters in units, and then use this, you know, to kind of soften down the unit or to finish off a character mm. or something like that. But yes, very important. Um, I do like that. The, so the ceiling of it, so that the bottom, the bottom ceiling of it is the same as a smite, as in you get a D three, you roll a one. But the upper ceiling, as in getting, getting a D six and rolling a six, is the same as smite as well. So I feel like it's really well placed. But you're so much, you're twice as likely to get the D six on this as you are to get a D six smite, because that's correct. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, yeah if, you roll, if you roll, my dice, yeah, yeah. it's a six every time. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, you know, you roll a six, you, you'll what do. Packs have you made? Ooh, d6 wounds, and then you go and I roll a one. Dang it! And I roll a one every freaking time. <laughs> have, Which you can't reroll. You can't reroll that now, you can you? Cannot reroll mortal wound damage anymore. Oh, yeah, I know. Right. Which you know, it's you know, don't get. We could do a whole episode on game mechanics and why I think that's mm. a good idea. But moving on to power number two, the storm of whispers is a warp charge value of six. <laughs> um, <laughs> if if yep. manifested, you roll 3d6 for each unit. Uh, two, like 3d6 on each enemy unit within six inches of the Psyker. And for each result of a six, the unit being rolled for suffers a mortal wound. So it's like, uh, like a Nova? <laughs> mm. Wait a second. So if manifested, roll 3d6 for each enemy unit. If each result of a six, so you have to roll a six on three d six, not a six plus. Yeah, so, so the result has to equal a six. Uh, no, so for each dice, it's three dice basically, right? For each unit that's within. Oh, of six. course. Sorry, yeah. what am I talking about? And on six, yeah. it's like a little nova. So uh, that yeah. one, that one's probably one that you won't see very often. Let me. That just, one is awful. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me just say, you, you put it you put it bluntly. It's a storm of. Yeah. Whispers, sticks and stones, man. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, next one. Word of the Phoenix has oh, a warp charge value PTSD of PTSD right there. Oh, 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 dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They, they wish they changed the name. It, it, <laughs> it harms me. Um, if manifest, just like one Yunari infantry or Yunari biker unit that's within 18 of the Psyker. Doesn't need to be visible. Doesn't need to be. Um, one model in the unit regains D3 lost wounds. If no models in the unit have any lost wounds, uh, that unit... Uh, but the unit has suffered casualties, then one model is returned to that unit in coherency with one wound remaining. So, if, you know, a four charge value five to essentially do an apothecary um, on a unit within 18 that you don't have to see. I like it a lot. It's really good, you know, considering it works on bikers and infantry. You know, not only mm. are you bringing back like Incubi, for example, but you can heal yep. like your characters, you can heal, yep. um, you can heal like harlequin jet bikes or shining spears or reaver jet bikes like it's it the value mm. and for only a warp charge value of five is really good well you think about things like that are, so things that are very hard to engage with like uh, dark reapers and when someone does have line of sight shooting let's say i've got a wyvern yeah and i'm just smashing those dark reapers that have cover so they have two pluses i finally managed to kill one or two of the buggers and it's like ah where are the phoenix here they come they're coming back again sorry mate <laughs> yeah one guy comes you know, back really you know? like then again it's on a four plus which means you know it, you can't re-roll it and stuff like that so it's not as reliable well, at bringing models back there, there is no four plus. Uh, sorry is there a four plus in in the one in yes there is a four in, plus <laughs> the phoenix. ouch yeah ouch. so uh, so it's D3 lost wounds. Uh, if the units have been destroyed on a four plus, you can retool, uh, destroy a model from that unit to the battlefield. With yeah, that's remaining. Nice. So it's not as good as it was in the, you mm. know, in that. How, so it's better at like healing characters and things like that yeah. rather than, than, you know, like bringing models back. Like, you know, yeah. but things like Wraith Guard and things like that, like if you, on a mm-hmm. four plus, you bring a you know, 50 point model back, like it'll pay for itself in one in one successful cast. Absolutely. All right, next one, man. Unbind souls. It's a warp charge value of six. If manifested, pick a select an enemy unit within eighteen of the psyker. Does not have to be visible until the start of your next psychic phase. When resolving an attack made with a melee weapon by a friendly Inari model against that enemy unit, reroll wound roll. So this is like a doom, but it's specifically mm-hmm. for close combat. And if you notice, this is the second iteration of a similar thing. Correct. Um, which mm. means that you can have two completely different things getting 
absolutely mulched in close combat. And if you're not careful, yeah. that could be that could like if you're a, like an opposing player to this, you know, it just all the the damage output is exponentially increased mm. with something like this. Absolutely, I I think this is the best this is the best one I've read so far. Let's jump over to the next one. Um, Shield of Inead, Inead. Whatever. <laughs> uh, has a warp charge value of seven if manifested until your next psychic phase. Friendly Yara units have a five plus invulnerable save whilst they're within six of the psyker. Where would you see getting the most value out of that? Birdies! Little, little birdies. birdies. And then yeah. on top of your little jerk birds, you have the Yinkan to give them a feel no pain. Uh, and and make back to this. So, yeah, and there's some good play there. <laughs> <laughs> Believe we're me, back to where we started uh, with eighth edition. Oh yeah, Shield of Vineyard is one of these that I love. I love this power. It's definitely you have to sort of build it into your list uh, to make use of it. However, it is really fun. Yep, I believe so too. Yeah. I mean, because I mean, at the end of the day, you could take a massive guardians, uh, which I think are overcosted. You could take Cabalite warriors, which I think are overcosted, or you could take witches, which are sitting. They're sitting. Not, witches aren't sitting too bad, but they already have involves most of the time. I'm in combat, and they already have a six plus. So only, yep. you're only essentially doubling that. But I mean, five, six plus to five plus, that's not bad. Yeah, you know, even uh, like the the um, incubi, uh, you know, get a five up invulnerable save. Um, your reaver jet bikes get a five up invulnerable save because they don't that's, have one. That's actually nice. Your yeah, that's actually really shining nice. spears would have an invulnerable save in close combat. You know, so they don't mm -hmm. just get auto murdered by stuff that's a close combat yeah. unit. So there's 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 a lot of play for this psychic power. It is a value of seven, so it's usually yeah. best equipped on someone like. The cat lady, Farseer, um, or the cat lady, yeah, yeah, or you know, Farseer as well. But somebody who has the ability to sort of like reliably cast psychic powers, mm -hmm. yeah, to interact with their role. Um, you want to hit on the last one, mate? Ancestors Grace, warp charge value of five. If manifested, select a friendly Inari unit within eighteen. Does not have to be visible, and until the next psychic phase, they reroll hit rolls of one. So it's just reroll hit rolls of one for a friendly nice. unit within eighteen, which is yep. excellent. That's really good, especially on the Incarn, because then yeah, she hits absolutely. on twos, re-rolling ones, and that's good. Mm. And then, yeah, four also, which essentially just turns into Gilliman for herself. But um, so in encapsulating this, that does seem like there's two. So there's there's one obvious dud. Storm Whispers, you can almost just cross it out for the amount of times you're probably going to use it. Correct. Um, I think I think gaining is you, you're never going to regret taking uh, gain Iniad. So gains of Iniad, gains of Iniad, lifting. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the gains uh, of Inead. <laughs> Welcome to Art of so, War Down Under, where we read words. I just, funny. I just thought of a of a, a way in which Word of the Phoenix would be broken, but all really good. But it, it's not true. It doesn't work because you can't use um you can't do the Exarch powers with Unara, can you? Correct. Balls. Because if you could have that two plus invuln save shining spear and just keep regening the wounds back with Word of the Phoenix. That could be really annoying. That would be very annoying. Then again, yes. you shouldn't need it when it's a two plus invol with two rerolls. That's right. That's right. But still, you know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> um, you would. You would do this, wouldn't you? You're just trying you to troll all the listeners. Hello, listeners. You would just do it. Send an email to <laughs> Adam's personal email and tell him how much you love him. Uh, okay, but yeah. So unbind souls. Um, really powerful uh, to me that is the evergreen one it's like if you're playing in Ariami, i think you're going to be bent towards combat anyway so unbind souls is just like literally 
the bread and butter, yeah? Yeah, and remember, it's also re-roll wound rolls, not just failed wound rolls, which Fail. also yeah. has fantastic applications against our good old transhumian physiology uh, marines. Actually phenomenal, yeah. Um, Shield of Iniad, I think you have to build around it to make it to give it legs, yeah? Yep. It really has to be something you build into. Yep. Um, and Ancestor's Grace is um, is just a ni- really nice perk. Yep. Like, it's just really nice. It is. you know. Uh, so the, those are the main four. You've got Gaze, mm-hmm. uh, well, Gaze, Unbind, right? Shield, Ancestor's Grace, and then every Ancestor's once in a while, yeah. either Word of the Phoenix. But those are the main four that you'll see. And if you take two the, the two psychic characters that they have, like even just them mm-hmm. or others, you can mix and match them, right? Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, actually, I actually am quite a fan of their discipline because they give you a bit of everything. There's a bit of mortal wounds. There's a bit of bu- there's a couple of buffing ones, a couple of really good buffing ones, both for um, defense and offense. And um, yeah, I, ju- I just I'm a fan. I'm a I fan as well. well yep. All right, we're up to the relics. These aren't. These are the relics you need. Um, <laughs> I've been waiting all episode to say that, guys. Nah, uh, first one is the Hungering Blade. Uh, model with Power Sword, Starglaive, or Husk Blade only. The Hungering Blade replaces the model's Power Sword. Starglaive or Husk Blade has the following profile. Um, strength plus three, AP minus three, two damage. Each unmodified wound roll of six made for an attack with this weapon inflicts one model wound to the target in addition to normal damage. Is this any good? Yes, I like this. I like the Hungering Blade. I think on a nice Kelly character, it's not as good as the other relics, but considering you can just pick and choose relics, mm. you know, say you were to put this on an Archon with a Husk Blade yep. and give him the plus one attack and plus one strength, right? So he becomes strength mm-hmm. four with plus three strength, becomes strength seven. So he yes. can go around like murdering tanks and stuff. Um, it's yes. not, it's like, it's not terrible. And, you know, and two damage is like a nice sweet spot. Hmm. And there's a lot of ways that you could fish for the sixes for the immortal wounds if needs be as well. You can just pick up anything that's not a six and re-roll it if you're fighting anything with like yep. an invulnerable save or whatnot as well. Yep. Um, next one, Song of Song Iniad. of Iniad. Model equipped with a shuriken pistol only. Great, thank you. Because that means all Yay. the Dark Eldar can't take any of these. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a three-shot range 18-inch pistol. Strength five, minus one AP, one damage. When resolving an attack made with this weapon, a rune roll of a six plus has the AP of a th- minus three, so like a shuriken weapon. If any models in a unit are destroyed as a result from an attack made with this weapon, subtract one from the leadership until the end of the turn. So this one I would say is pretty pointless, personally. Yes, I was about to say. I was, I was, I was like, is he about to say this one's pretty good? Some, it looks trash. You know, what I'm going to say is that this relic has an ability that's like a paragraph long. And you know, I <laughs> <laughs> managed to they managed to put a lot of words in. I didn't say very much. <laughs> they should have just said abilities stays on in the book, never taken mm. to a battle. Okay, next one: mirror gaze. Subtract one from the hit rolls that target this bearer. Eh, yeah, it's cool. It's cute. Yeah. You have a lot of other ways you can get that if you need it. Yeah, I don't mind it. You know, it's it's okay. Yeah. You, minus one to hit's not bad. Considering you can just pick and choose from it. You know what I mean? Like if you mm. have another like a like a character that already has a decent close combat weapon and you've already used the other um, relics that are really good, then yeah, minus one to hit. You know, considering it's like the cap is minus one to hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah, not yeah. terrible. Mm. Fair enough though, but moving on. Once per game for the soul snare. This is a soul snare. Once per game where the model with this relic is chosen to shoot with in your shooting phase, that model can throw 
the Soul Snare instead of shooting with any ranged weapons it is equipped with. Select one enemy unit within six and visible and roll 1d6. On a 2 to 5, the enemy unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. And that model regains up to a number of wounds equal to the number of wounds lost by that unit. So it's basically a d3 regen for a model. Yeah. On a 6, that enemy unit suffers d6 mortals, and you regain any of your lost wounds. So there's a lot of terms and conditions here I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, you have to be really Being close. Re you can't shoot yeah. with any of the other guns. On a 1, it does nothing. And you basically like are just trying to heal yourself. So it's like a, yeah. you're taking like a relic slot, which you know that relic slots are important in your list. You know to like mm. maybe potentially heal. Well, you might as well just like spend CP and bring it back, bring your character back to life. You know if if uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Like there's 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 probably a better things. I would take mm. I would take the pistol over this. No, I'm, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm... first guys. <laughs> uh, the next one, the lost shroud. All damage suffered by the bearer is halved, rounding up. In addition, roll one d six each time this model loses a wound on a five plus. That wound is not lost. That is really good. Really, really good. Uh, what is that? What is that construct you mentioned to you before? The so... one that's that's possibly tough to sight. Yes, correct. You're looking at the wraith seer. So that's a Forge World model. Uh, it is basically a Wraith Lord with with uh, psychic potential, but it is a character Wraith Lord. So you can give it relics, which is kind of cool. And you just make it nearly the same durability as a knight. That is correct. You know, it is TA. phenomenal. Um, you know, five up, feel no pain, basically, and you have any damage. So it's hard to like get damage through. And then you can have another one that is a Lord of Rebirth and uh, make yeah. that one even, or you could even like double up Lord of Rebirth and the Shroud on one. However, you know, then you're missing out on the second five-up field. Yeah, basically. the second five-up. Yeah. yeah. And the last but not uh, least, the... Uh, yes, that. Um, <laughs> you read it, not, not read it, read it, do it. <laughs> uh, she was one of... She was the crone, right? The crone's locket. I'm just going to call it that. Um, <laughs> when an enemy... <laughs> <All right. laughs> Koragai. <laughs> they're all they're Good all Koragai. Um, so when an enemy unit is destroyed as a result of an attack made by a model with this relic, add one to that model's move and attack characteristics. So wow, wouldn't that be good on a bike character? <laughs> yes, it would. One that could physically kill units would be kind of cool. Yes. yes. Yes, it would be. But you know, I think I think the two big winners here are the Lost Shroud for sure is really, really good. Like that's like the de facto go-to one. It is yeah. and the Hungry Blade is pretty good as well. Like in terms of like just yeah. damage output. I mean, because you can legitimately put the Lost Shroud on like a Farseer on a bike. And it would just still get still get you value. Yeah, and you could be a lot more you could be a lot more cavalier with that guy. Yeah, you know, considering then they could potentially come back to life after. You know, th there's a exactly. lot of play, and it's I think that having options is the the main thing you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But because the, you're exactly right, if you had a loss, if you had a farseer on bike with Word of the Phoenix and the Lost Shroud, technically that is a self reviving, self healing, self buffing half wound character on a bike it's not gonna do a hell of a lot of damage for you but it's gonna run around and be an absolute shit of a thing to like try and take out effectively yep it's gonna bounce around be annoying of course now with the new like 
especially now with the new character sort of like screening mechanics, if you can mm-hmm. make characters that are relatively hard to take down just on their own, right? Then then it's less yeah. an issue to like properly screen them the entire game. You can sort of gamble a little bit more with them. And mm-hmm. when it comes to screening the table or taking objectives or you know that sort of thing, um, it can really be a part of it. Yeah, so with that's that's all the content that um, we had in this. Unless there's any more in uh, Word of the Phoenix that I don't have in this book. Uh, the tactical objectives. Let's go through those, shall no. we? Let's 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 not. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm good. Oh, okay, uh, okay. So, I mean, I'm sure so I'm when you get, say like, I'm, I'm... when you say cover to cover, it's just false advertising. Is what that absolutely is. It yeah. Is. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna get complaints in the mail. I'm gonna get pipe bombs in the mail. People being like, it's gonna explode in glitter and be like, this is for not reading out the tactical, the narrow tactical objectives. But yeah, so that that is that is essentially cover to cover of the relevant information, relevant information that uh, Unari got in these releases. So this is really where we give this thing a rating. Now, this is Unari is a pretty interesting and awkward thing to rate because you have to take into account what you're giving up to make a Unari army, and in, in that fact, you almost have to weigh up how good the other three factions factions you can pull from are because you're giving up a certain amount of other things to to make this one. Um, but this can be. I'm not going to say it's going to be greater than the sum of the parts because, uh, admittedly, Harlequins are stupidly potent and powerful at the moment. Um, but maybe the other two aren't quite up there. So, Scary, my man, if you were to rate these guys as a primary or mono faction, how would you rate them? A usual F to S tier. Um, as a mono faction? Like, or primary? Uh, like, as a primary faction, I'd say low on that scale. Yes. Yeah, so, what's the low? I mean, F. I, I don't think there is an army that is an F. I don't in think. I don't think it's an F. Like, I think if you want to play it, like, you know, I'm going to say if you go to a five and a five round tournament with mono Inari, if you're a good player, you could go three and two. If you're an well, first, firstly, you should have said that if you go to a five round GT with mono Inari, you're a champion. First. <laughs> You get a participation <laughs> award. You get a goddamn banana sticker. <laughs> banana sticker. Get out of here. No. No. So I think that if you, if you, like, it's a three and two uh, in the hands of a good player yeah, it because it will kind of go up, like, against some bad matchups and it'll struggle to have the tools to deal with, like, everything it, as a mono faction. Hmm. What about as a primary? Like, if you were to take a fifteen hundred points, twelve hundred points of Inari. Um, so, as a primary, I've taken it to like a twenty-eight person event and won with them. Oof. Um, you know, it was it was an RTT, but I did get a lot of points, and it was in eighth, and it was using these rules. But it was um, uh, so it can win. You know what I mean? Like, it, it has the potential to. However, you don't have any. Uh, room for error like at the same event mm. it would probably go four and one like that one of those bad bad matchups you'd have like the ability to sort of mitigate with some of the allies that you've put in right <laughs> however you'd run into that one super meta highly efficient army and it would be a slobber knocker basically yeah yeah when it works it's going to work very very well like i can think of things like orcs it could be very it could do very well against but it could also get absolutely polacked against in like the same breath um like it's, it's a lot of very interesting matchups, which we're probably going to touch on in part two, or definitely going to touch on in part two. But how would you rate for how good this was to Yanari? I mean, uh, admittedly, they had they had a meteoric 
fall from grace um, from where they were being literally the pre- preeminent army of the first kind of 18 months of 8th edition to being essentially a bit of a joke faction towards the end. Has this given them some legitimate play, some agency in the game going into ninth? I think it really, from what they were after their giant descent, right? Like I've played, I, the only time I didn't play an Ari was like late 7th edition, early 8th, when they still had like double like movement and double activations, yes. all this crazy stuff, like uh, army wide, right? Um, mm. I did play it early in 8th edition when they still had Word of the Phoenix as like a, a, an extra action for like Dark Reapers yeah. and that sort of like build. And so from that to going to pretty much like obscurity to then come back to have like a decent amount of options i think is it's positive like i positively look at the the codex right now and i hope that they sort of take that concept because the concept of the nr is really 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 fun very engaging it's very uh it, it sort of you know it draws on you to kind of pull the best from all the different eldari factions Right, and I feel like it. It's almost there. It, like it just it sort of needs like a little bit of spice. I feel uh, to kind of like push it over the edge to make it like actually very playable. Um, it's, yeah. It seems like it's just a hodgepodge of different things, sort of like cobbled together, essentially, um, instead of having like a very definite sort of vision of what it should mm. look like. Well, I think so. I think I think the vision is there. I think the vision is of a combined arms merely based Eldari conglomerate. The problem is, though, I'm not super confident in the heavy lifting that Eldari melee units can do, especially with the the fact that you can't take Coven's units. If you well, are you able to take, take Coven's, Coven's units in the detachment, but you yeah, can true. take yeah. an additional detachment of Coven. Mm. But see, like, there's there's your stable core to build around. That, 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 and that's, I think that's my issue. The fact that you don't have this um, durable durable center of which to build around or pivot around on the table, and not, and, not, and not just saying the table, to build around from a conceptual point of view, I feel like it's a bit rough. Like, you, you have to, like, I legitimately um, think about taking Banshees. And I don't know about you, but that bothers me. I've been like, <laughs> and I love Banshees, especially the new models are beautiful. Oh, well. But I was looking at them and like, are you howling? Are you howling about it? Are you howling about I'm howling. banshees? I'm howling about banshees right here, right now. <laughs> you know, then again, Locking banshees, in, in power swords, plus one strength. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. And you know, give those give those reroll to wound now. Maybe we've got some play. Problem is though, they've got a four plus save, one wound, and toughness three. Yeah, yeah, five up in vulnerable so, safe. Oh, yeah, always strike first. Oh, yeah. oh well, you know, well, my Katachin guardsmen are going to kick the crap out of them. You know, <laughs> that's that's where it hurts. Fine, my my they, razor wing flocks will just murder your whole army. <laughs> no yeah, you're uh, right though i understand where you're yeah. coming from and I f- i'm pretty sure everybody who has who's like still listening like really kind of grasps that concept <laughs> you know what i mean like you know, <laughs> some of them just decide to leave us and we start making bad jokes but that's okay absolutely yeah that, that was the right choice to be by the way <laughs> i mean you've wished, you've missed some quality content but i can't besmirch you like <laughs> this is going all, all ways of nowhere for a little while but uh with the other kind of decent core units, things of the Oak of Shining Spears, which you could legitimately build around. Um, the problem is, though, I feel like that's not adding another. That's not adding a feather to the cap of Yanari. That's just taking a unit that that's good. In, that's good no matter where you put it. And I suppose the same would be the Coven's units if you could have them in here. The, the Coven's unit is never going to be bad. Shining Spears never going to be bad. It's a unit that has. It's it's so flexible. It's absurd. Um, yeah, flexible units are 
are very, very important, especially in an army like this that sort of rewards that flexibility. And um, what you were saying about uh, Incubi is very interesting, though, because I feel like they are in some ways what you almost have to look to for that really explosive, well, the, better than average. Yeah, and it's funny because in the Drukari Codex, you know, Incubi, I've I've been using them more and more frequently now in ninth edition. And it's funny because taking them as Inari is like the only way to make Incubi better. But like Super when you charged, take yeah. them into an Inari, they don't just become better, they actually become really dangerous. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, and you can't really say much uh, like that about other units, really. Like if you go yeah. into all the other units in the different codexes, like you can't really say that about any other unit other than Incubi. Like where they just their rules all synergize so well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. So, well, I think we've I think we've done Unari justice. I think we've covered it pretty thoroughly we're gonna we're gonna probably hit pause on this have a break and then come back and start recording part two for those who don't know what part two is part two will be me and scary sitting down pretty much continuing the conversation we just started now but going a little bit more in depth start talking about things like secondaries which which style of list do you want to play what is a core that you can legitimately build around and hope to get a winning score with um things like what hq choices uh said the best for you things like what troops choices should be used to fill out your battalions and whatnot is unari the absolute optimum as a secondary, as a patrol or a battalion? Is it a mono list? Is, sorry, is a mono detachment, double detachment? Things of that ilk. We're going to be running down through all of those. Um, but, dude, thank you. Thank you so, so, so very much. Please feel free to plug anything you'd like to on the way out. Absolutely. Just head on over to the, to the YouTube channel, and all the links are right on there for all the cool content. What is that YouTube channel again, my Scardcast, man? Scardcast. S K A R E D C A S T. Scardcast. <laughs> from the scarred one himself thank you so much guy for being on and joining us this episode i've it's actually been a hilariously fun episode to record um even if you um it might not have been the the, the most powerful things but i think i think reviewing the the less powerful things gives you more talking points rather than me just going through admec and being like well that's really good oh and that's really good too oh that's good as well wow everything's good um you actually have to pick your brain a little bit for how these things can be applied so thank you so much for for pushing my brains to the limits my man thank you so much for <laughs> your whimsical ways and uh we'll, hopefully people will join us on part two absolutely thanks for having me on this has been an absolute hoot let's move on to part <laughs> number two see you then guys bye thank you for listening to art of war down under a content review podcast for warhammer 40k Hosted by Adam Camilleri. Produced by Seamus Ronan. Enjoyed the show? Want your lists reviewed and the content you heard put into practice? Sign up to our Patreon and connect with us online or on Facebook. Just search for Art of War Down Under. Signing out from tomorrow.